Paul Kindle is an author who writes on the topic of marriage, parenting, family, and spiritual growth. His material is drawn from his own life experiences, including over 20 years of counseling individuals and couples, making his writings practical and very personal. Paul is also the host of a national syndicated radio program, Family Matters. Paul and his wife, Ebby, are senior pastors at Christ Family Church in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. Paul is a true pastor at heart, and he has dedicated his life to teaching and taking care of God's people. Paul and Ebby are the founders of Whole Family Incorporated. Paul and Ebby have been married for 37 years and have two kids, incredible kids, Alex and Renee. Welcome to the Millennium Beat Podcast, where we like to encourage the world one story at a time. Now get ready to hear stories from around the world that encourage and uplift you. Now to the show with your host, Kevin James. Hey everybody, my name is Kevin James. I'm your host today. We have on the phone, Paul Kindle. Paul is a pastor and uh, we're gonna sit down with him on the phone and we'll have a little chat with him. Paul, thank you for joining us today. Thank you for having me. I am excited about this interview. Uh, we have been friends for a long time. I mean, it's many yes, years. We, we worked together, and uh, and we also did stuff at TBN. So, Paul, tell us about right. the younger Paul. What was he like? Well, just thinking back to my childhood, I would say in general, I was a pretty happy-go-lucky uh, young boy. Didn't seem to have a care in the world. We were not a poor family by any means, and we weren't a rich family by any means. I don't think I knew the difference. Right. So I must have been happy uh, with what we had. But I am the youngest of three kids. Um, of course, my mom and dad are Richard and Dottie Kendall. My father passed away about 13 years ago. But um, my oldest brother is Rick Kendall. My sister is Vicki. She's next. And my brother Roy and then me. And uh, really, some of my earliest thoughts about my two oldest siblings, Rick and Vicki, was when they went off to college. Okay, And uh, I do remember things about when they were home, but I grew up closest to my brother, Roy. We're only four years apart. But all in all, it was a great childhood, and um, we were a family that was in church. And really, our family, our family life really revolved around church. My dad was a music director at a church. My mom was a Sunday school teacher. Eventually, all of us ended up in, in ministry, so by Biblical standards, I would say my father is an Abraham because he raised four kids who all became ministers. But it just it just makes me think about the impact that church had on our life. And I know there's so many people that do church kind of on a hit and miss basis these days. Uh, when something else is not going on, they'll go to church. And I think, wow, I think you're really missing it because church played such a huge role in our lives that um, it, it, it really did make a significant impact. Now, you were saying about your brothers, uh, I'm not sure about your sister, but your father were musical. And, um, why, oh, yeah. and now from your bio and stuff like that, we don't really talk about music, so you really kind of didn't go in that direction. But your other brothers, um, one of them did. Well, I did. I was actually a minister of music for 20 years. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah, I think a lot of that was even before I got to know you, Kevin, but... Um, yeah, that's how I started out. I mean, I started out playing in church. I, I was the 
organist at Central Assembly in Vero Beach, Florida. Oh, wow. And um, was that time that your brother was there as music minister? Yes. Oh, okay. Yep. Roy was the minister of music there for 12 years. And uh, so I played there. And um, then when I got married, I uh, ended up being the minister of music at my brother Rick's church and then other churches and along the Treasure Coast. And um, sometimes I was full-time, sometimes I was part-time, sometimes I was volunteer. <laughs> okay. But it was always music. And then um, eventually I began to feel a really strong um, desire of my heart to pastor, which was really foreign to me because yeah. even though I was involved in the church all those years, I really didn't think I would ever be a, a pastor. And it was really, it was really an interesting change or an interesting shift in my life. The music came from my dad, by the way. My dad was a first generation musician. Nobody in his family really played anything, but my dad uh, learned to play the piano and he taught piano all my life that I can remember. Oh my goodness. The people in Vero beach that took lessons from my dad, probably half the city. <laughs> but uh, from that, all four of us kids, you know, learned to play some more than others, but, um, and then we in turn had children who have been very musical. Right. Yes. That even your brother's kids are musical. Oh yeah. Just about all of them. I would, I would think that all, all of my mom and dad's grandkids probably either play an instrument or sing. Yeah. Something how that trickled down. When you were younger, like we're talking about growing up in the Kindle family, did you get, you know, hang around because you're, your father played the piano. Uh, did you guys get around the piano like Christmas and different other times and just have a singing? You know, not a contest, but just y'all started singing. Did you do any of that kind of stuff? Uh, yeah. Yes and no. I mean, my dad was the teacher. So one one dynamic that happened was I was scared to play for my dad. <laughs> okay. Because he, <laughs> he always had something to say about, you know, you didn't use the right... Uh, chord progression there or whatever. So that made it a little intimidating to play for my dad. But yeah, we, uh, I do remember music being a big part of our family. My dad always had a piano in the house where he always had his teaching studio. Right. Um, so yeah. And as a matter of fact, something that's kind of sad and neat all at the same time when my father passed away, uh, the, um, funeral home where his service was, there was a piano next to the little platform there. So all four of us kids, uh, starting with Rick, the oldest, went up, sat down at the piano, played a song, and then spoke. And then Vicky played a song and spoke, Roy, and then myself. So even as a tribute to my father, we all sat and played uh, a song on the piano just to, you know, kind of symbolize uh, uh, part of dad that he had passed down to us. It was a wonderful, wonderful musical legacy. Right, right. And that just seemed like yesterday because I remember that, you know, your father passing and stuff like that. And But again, you said it's 13 years? Yeah, it's been 13 years ago. It's time has flown by fast, but uh, I miss him. But, um, yeah, it's been 13 years. I thought when uh, I moved out of my mom and dad's home, I thought my dad's fathering had ended. Because I'm on my own now, then I realized it hadn't. Then I thought when I got married and had kids of my own, his fathering had ended. And then I realized it hadn't. Even at his funeral, he has officially ended. And um, I really thought that was the case that day. But over time, I realized, no, he, he fathers me to this day. <laughs> you know? 
I can hear him. I can hear his voice saying, well, this is how you do this. And this is what you should do when, you know, when this happens. And um, so I, I've, I've told people ever since then, parenting never ends. Even after you're gone, you're still parenting your children. When you were talking, the scripture that comes into my mind is about teaching your children, you know, in the ways that they'll never depart, you know, that they implanted something into you. They planted a seed into you. So when you look back, those seeds have grown. They sprouted. And uh, you probably are te- oh, yeah. teaching your kids the same thing. Um, so you do hear their voice. Um, they've instructed you, and they not just on the world stuff, but also on, on Christian stuff, Christian, you know, um, Christian principles, Christian oh, philosophies. How to live. How to live, right. Now, yeah. moving on from your family life, you went on, I mean, out of the music scene, but you went into the hosting of a national syndicated radio program called Family Matters. How did that all come about? Right. Well, that's a really funny story because I began to feel the call to pastor. So we planted a church called Zion Tabernacle in Fort Pierce. Okay. And um, I, you know, starting a church, you know, there's no income from it. As a matter of fact, it, it never got to the point where it could support me. Right. So I always had to do something else to subsidize my income. And uh, I was getting involved in doing radio programs for other churches. I would take their sermons, cut them up into pieces, you know, put a an opening and a close and all like that. So one day I was down at WCNO and uh, I really wanted a radio program to promote the church. My thinking was, wow, if we could just get on the radio, we could really get people to come to this church. So I asked Tom Creighton, who eventually I was intimidated by him in the beginning. It's so funny, uh, but he's become a close friend. Even in his retirement, I've still gone to Rome, Georgia and visited him. But, um, he intimidated me back then. Just I don't know. It wasn't him. It was probably more me than anything. But I said, how much is one of those, you know, 15-minute programs? And he told me. I said, oh, can't afford that. How much is a five-minute program? He told me. And I said, I can't afford that. And um, so uh, I really wanted a radio program. But I think the, the, the least expensive program was like $600 a month. And I said, you know what? Might as well be $6 million. Right. I have $600 a month. So we ended up that day uh, that I was down there looking at a, at a certain website. I don't even remember what the website was, but he said, you know, I really like this website. And I said, well, that's interesting. I did that website because that was another way I was subsidizing my income. And he said, you're kidding me. You did that? Yes, I did that. He said, I'll tell you what. If you can give the radio station a website that looks like that, I'll trade you the time for that radio program. And I said, for how long? And he said, for as long as you host the website, do the website. So I got Family Matters. Um, so anyway, <clears throat> I remember I was supposed to have a 6.30 time slot, 6.30 a.m. I had everybody in my family listening. I had everybody in the church listening that next Monday morning at 6.30, and the program didn't air. And I thought, oh, man, I am so embarrassed. I am so embarrassed. The program was so bad they didn't play it. <laughs> Well, they didn't play it at 6.30. They didn't play it at 6.45, 7, 7.30. So I'm taking my kids to school, and as I drop them off, just before 8 o'clock, I'm pulling out of the kids' parking uh, school parking lot, and I hear the intro music to the radio program. And this is at 7.55 a.m., the most valuable time slot in all of radio. And, and I am like, oh, my goodness. Uh, Gerald, 
I don't know if you ever met Gerald at WCNO back in the day. He did those programs. He loaded them up. Tom was on a cruise for his anniversary, and I thought, Gerald has made a huge mistake, a huge mistake. So it airs, and then I'm doubly embarrassed because now I'm thinking he's airing it at the wrong time. Tom's going to come back, say, what have you done? And then it's going to go to some other time, and then it's going to look even worse. I called Gerald. He said, no, Tom told me to run it at 7.55 because back then it was a five-minute radio program. Okay. And um, so a week later, Tom gets back. I call him. I said, Tom, you're not going to believe this. Gerald made this huge mistake. And he said, no, actually, he said, that's one of the best little radio programs I've ever heard. And I want it to air. And it has aired at that time slot, I think, about 17 years. And then they started airing it at noon, too. So then uh, here's the funny thing. Here's what makes this story funny. Is like I started out saying I, I did the program to grow the church. Right. The funny thing about it is it never grew the church. <laughs> Some people would say we heard you on the radio, so, but n- nobody came and stayed because of it. So it never fulfilled the purpose that I started it for. Right. But then in time when we moved from Fort Pierce to go to work at Southeastern University in Lakeland, um, I thought, well, I, I can't advertise the church anymore. Right. So I took the church promo off of it, and it became a three-minute program. Well, here's the deal. Uh, in radio, three minutes is the length of a song. Okay. You know, like if a radio station's playing songs, the, the average song is three minutes. Right. So I, on the page where all of the radio programs are listed, I put a free license that anybody could download it. And then I put information in the search metadata, they call it. Right. Words like free Christian radio program. And man, it just started spreading all over the country. Wow. And it blew me away. I mean, somebody would say, you know, I um, my mom called me from Pennsylvania and said, don't you know Paul Kendall? And... And they, and they would say, yeah. They said, well, I listen to his radio program. And they tell me that. And I would think, wow, I didn't even know it aired in Pennsylvania. Taking on a life of its own. And the irony of it is I, I, that, I, that was not my intention for the program. So to me, that is the Lord orchestrating that in a way that I could have never done on my own. On all of us is when we try to do something for us or, or our way, God saying no, and then when we just leave it to let God do it His way, it works better. Absolutely, I could have never planned that. No, never. No. And now, what was the basic of the of the show, The Family Matters? What was the um, not the synopsis, but just the the outline? What was the show the about? The theme. The theme. Yeah, that's it. The theme. Yeah, it was short stories about family. Okay. Uh, I used a lot of my own you know, family stories, things that we had experienced with our kids. You know, one program is called when um, Renee, no, it's called Renee Gets Lost. And it was based on a time when she went to college and she was, took some people to an airport on the way back to the college. She took a wrong turn and ended up way out on a deserted highway. And um, how I was able to, she called me and I was at work. Actually, Devin, I was at work at uh, the TV station we worked at together. And I'm panicking because my daughter's lost. It's getting dusk towards evening. She's low on gas. There are no exits. GPS, I was able, not really GPS. Back then it was just a, a map online. Right. 
And I could zoom in and by her description of the exits that she did see that didn't have gas stations, I could tell where she's at. And then the neatest thing was I was able to guide her home or back to the college. No, actually, she was coming back all the way to our house. It was uh, like a Christmas break or Easter break. I forget. Okay. But I was able to guide her all the way back to the turnpike and all the way home safely. And then I thought, you know, this is how it is with us being God's kids. He sees everything. (laughs) He knows right where we're at, where we're at. He, if we listen to him, if we call our dad, he will direct us home safely. And, you know, so that became one of the segments in the radio program. So it was a lot from your personal life experiences, things that's happened to you. And you made them into short little stories. All right. So you came up with Family Matters and you were doing those three minute segments. And that it sounds like it was picked up, um, not internationally, you know, well, maybe it is it's internationally. Well, it is because. Um, Yes, um, a pastor actually in Stewart, Florida, I think they're in Fort St. Lucie now, um, um, Marco Anglis, if I'm saying his name properly, it's like Angels, but it's Anglis, Marco and Susanna Anglis. Marco um, began to translate all of my radio programs into Spanish. Okay. So now it airs in um, several uh, Spanish-speaking countries, too. So... So you went from a national syndicated radio program, Family Matters, then you became an author. How did that transaction start or work? Well, that's tied in with the radio program because years, yeah, years uh, down the road after the program, I think I at the point where I had done 180-something programs, I got a phone call one day from an agent for a publishing company, and he said, I was driving through West Palm Beach, and I heard your radio program, and then that got me listening to it every day. He says, it's a great little program. Do you have the transcript from that program? And I said, oh, yeah, I've got them all on my computer. He said, would you be interested in, in turning that, that trans- those transcripts into a book? And I said, oh, my goodness. I never thought about it before, but sure. And uh, as it happened, I, I didn't end up publishing with that, that first guy that called, but it got me thinking about it. And then a friend of mine, uh, who is a publisher, Devin Stewart in Maryland, I began to talk to him about it and decided to go with NUMA Publishing and really just took uh, the first 90 programs and converted those scripts into a book called Family Matters. And a um, hundred short stories to help you build a better family, and, um, and 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 again, it just kind of took off on its own. It um, it wasn't something I did intentionally. I, I wish I could take credit. Well, actually, I don't. I want the Lord to take credit for these things. But you know, I I could have never planned these things. But having that first book published did impact me. I really didn't see myself as a writer or an author at all. And um, so having one book published and seeing it, you know, actually people wanting to read it Mm -hmm. made me uh, think that maybe there was possibility that, you know, I could write more. But then um, over the years, my wife and I developed a marriage program called the Marriage Miracle. Okay. And uh, we used to do it just on an individual basis. It was really birthed out of our own marriage problems 
that we went through our first 13 years of marriage was really, really rough. And the 13th year we decided to divorce. Hmm. Uh, some friends convinced us to go see these counselors. We went, we went through their program and it really turned our marriage around. It took years to get really strong, but we, we made it. We've been married almost 38 years now, but from that we began to, um, counsel other couples. It's funny because our counselors names were Rundle and Cinda Smith, very interesting names, but just two good old Florida people. And, um, after, uh, we were doing better, people would hear about our problems and that we survived it. So they were coming to us and we were referring couples to Rundle and Cinda. And I'll never forget. It was on the sixth or seventh, um, referral. I called, I got Rundle and I said, Rundle, we got another couple for you. We're going to send them your way. And he had a very uh, dry uh, sense of humor and a dry way about him, just real matter of fact. And he said, Paul, me and Cindy have been talking about this, and we're realizing that the Lord is not sending those couples to us. He's sending them to you and Evie, so you deal with them. And he hung up. <laughs> and I was shocked. I was like, what do you mean? I said, we don't know what to do. Right. And so we got our old notes out, made copies, whited out. If you remember white out back oh, in the day, yeah. we whited out our answers, made fresh copies, began to work with the first couple, and then that grew to another. Then it got to the point where on Saturdays when one couple was pulling out of our driveway, another couple was sitting on the street waiting to pull in. It grew and grew. Then when we moved to um, North Carolina, which we've been here 10 years now, we ended up at a very large church and so many people wanted it at the same time that we had to, um, convert it into a group program. Okay. And, um, so, and I didn't want to do a group every did. And so finally, you know, I said, okay, I'll try a group. And I said, but if I'm going to do a group, I'm going to do it in a way where I'm going to document all of this so that it can be replicated. We can train other people to do this program. So we did that the first round, uh, 12 weeks and I was writing the lessons every, sometimes I was finishing the lessons just hours before that meeting that night. But at the end, um, we had all of the lessons. We had a program. We trained four couples the first round and then trained more. And then those couples trained other couples. And at the height of our uh, time at that particular church, uh, we had 32 couples trained and, and four to six groups of, anywhere from four to six couples going every week. It just, it just exploded. And um, so what would happen is at the end of the program, we would give people all of the group leaders notes so that if they hadn't taken good notes, they would have everything that was taught. Um, and then I got to thinking about it. You know what? This, this is a book. <laughs> this is a book. So, we published it in a book called the marriage miracle that goes along with the program, but it also um, is marketed as a standalone book. It has all of the principles in the program. It's not the fullness of the program, the group program, but it's all of the teachings. And again, I wish I could take credit for thinking this whole thing, you know, masterminding this whole thing, but I didn't. It just, it was just the way the Lord orchestrated it, that it came about. And then from there, um, you know, I've written several other smaller books and um, Amazon with their publishing power has just been phenomenal. And um, 
it, it just it just grew from there. Now your books are in hardback, softback, uh, Kindle. Um, you know those things you can both. They're on all. all yeah, formats. on Amazon you can. Yeah, you can download them as uh, Kindle. You know, as um, as a document for um, a reading device. Right. Not just Kindle, but other devices like yeah, that. Yeah, even on my iPhone or iPad, can, can you can you can download those. Oh yeah, that's a very popular way for people to read books now. So you can get it in that format on Amazon, or you can also order it as a, as a was a paperback book, not a hardback, but it's a physical copy. Well, I wonder if people are reading paperbacks as much as they used to, because now there's so many other devices that you can actually get your media on that it's easier for them instead of having a paperback. But, you know, there's still wrong. Some people like that feel of the paper in their hands. It's like the Bible. How many people use their cell phones or, yeah. the, or the laptops or something for the Bible compared to an old-fashioned Bible that your pages are flipping. Um, have you branched out into, like, the audiobooks yet or – that's not something you think. No, I haven't. I haven't done an audio book. Mm-hmm. I haven't. I have the means of media that I have mainly used other than the books is, of course, Facebook. And um, um, I use Twitter, too, not a whole lot, but also YouTube. So a lot of those stories are told in YouTube videos okay. uh, on my YouTube channel, but not in audiobook form well not everybody does audio i do like audiobooks like i just um downloaded an audiobook um i'm already 13 chapters into it already where if i had the physical book in my hand i might be on chapter i might be on the introduction (laughs) yeah well you know i the way i got through the bible the first time is actually back on way back in time um when there were cassettes yeah probably half the people listening to you today don't know what that is but (laughs) They were on cassettes and they were 30 minutes aside. And um, if you listen, if you get an audio version of the Bible on your phone or whatever, um, if you listen to 30 minutes a day, you can get through the entire Bible in 90 days, you know, and I actually have done that multiple times. So I think audio books, especially the Bible. Now, I would encourage somebody to not just listen to the listen to the Bible, but really study it because that's when it comes alive. But yeah, audio books are great especially uh, for the Bible. Yeah, definitely. Well, there's different ways today people get their media in their in their head. Some of it, as I said, visual like YouTube or audio like podcasting. I mean, I mean, I consider like what we're doing right now is like radio of, of the, the yesteryears. You know, it's where you're in your car and you're trapped audience and you got to go to work or something like that and you just easily hit the button and you are, are listening to uh, a podcast or you hit the button and you listen to the latest book being read to you because you, what yeah. else are you going to do? You, yeah, you can listen to music, but what does that, that doesn't really mm-hmm. help you grow. I mean, uh, a podcast right. or a book will help you change your life, you know, um, to, you know, a different perspective. So let's, let's yeah. move a little bit about your, you know, um, your change from, you know, the radio to the books are senior pastors of Christ Family Church in Winston South Winston Salem, North Carolina. Let's talk about that. How yeah. did that happen? Right. Well, um, I made the transition from being a minister of music to a pastor. I was um, I was an assistant pastor, and then eventually we planted Zion Tabernacle, the church I mentioned before. Mm-hmm. Um, 
then we moved to Lakeland where we worked at Southeastern University four years for four years. And then we made the move to uh, Winston-Salem. And we came up here to be the family pastors at a church that a lot of people know as First Assembly. It became uh, Winston-Salem first, but uh, a large Assemblies of God church here. Mm-hmm. And we were there for five years. And when that ended, uh, we um, were at a crossroads in deciding where we were going to go and what we were going to do. And after consulting uh, with pastors that um, I trusted, praying about it, uh, really hearing from the Lord, we decided the thing to do was to continue everything we were doing. We had developed 15 different family ministries mm-hmm. and a counseling center. I started the counseling center called the Counseling Center here in Winston-Salem about nine years ago. And um, so we took all of that and and moved it and pretty much built a church around it, which was Christ Family Church. Okay. And there is no doubt in my mind, it's interesting how life evolves and how the desires of your heart become so much more clear. Mm-hmm. But it became very clear to me that that is what I'm cut out to do, and that is pastor to uh, shepherd Mm. God's people, of course, as the under-shepherd, under Christ. But I really, genuinely love and care uh, for people. Oh, wow. So whether it's it's, um, preaching on Sunday morning or doing counseling throughout the week or a radio program or a book, I see all of those as, as extensions of teaching and caring for God's people. And um, it just it just took me about 48 years to figure it out. <laughs> all of those things that I had to do to supplement my income, the interesting thing about that is in starting even Christ Family Church four years ago from scratch, I mean, from, from nothing, all of those things had to get done. And guess what? I just happened to have the ability to do those myself of all the experience I had back in the day. So yeah, all of those things came together um, in, in, a, in a perfect way uh, to do what we do now. Your church, um, starting your, um, what's it called? Christ, Christ Family Church. Um, you're also right. founders of Whole Family Incorporated. What is that? Explain yeah. to my audience what that is. Well, when, when um, other churches begin to hear about the marriage miracle, they were inquiring about it. And in the beginning, it was churches in this local area. We, we would just go there and help them get it started. Okay. But then it um, ended up being churches in other areas. And um, you know, I couldn't go there physically, so I had to put training material online, package it. And I thought, oh, my goodness, this has turned into you know, like a little curriculum uh, company. So... We do the Marriage Miracle and another program that Evie and I wrote together called Principles for Parenting that is a parenting program. And, um, you know, the, the whole family uh, is just the shell company, if you want to call it that, that distributes those. Uh, the Marriage Miracle was translated into Spanish. And, I mean, I have sent, um, you know, that, that program to... Um, Colombia to Mexico um, to Zambia, Africa. <laughs> now it wasn't; it was in English there, but so it really just became the organization, the structure to distribute those 
those programs. It's almost a production facility, you know, a, you know, promotional packaging, you know, taking your product and putting it out there and for the world to, to receive it. So it sounds like that. Yeah. Now, it, it, and you know, I mentioned Amazon before. It's really amazing uh, what Amazon can do. Right. Uh, we have since converted it all to uh, Amazon so people can buy all of the material, just order it directly from there. Okay. And then Amazon prints it, packages it, ships it. Wow. You know, it's, it's, it's really um, kind of neat for me because I don't even know that a church has ordered it or somebody has ordered one of the books or whatever until the 29th of the month. I get my report and I think, wow. Wow. How awesome is this? That these that God has has multiplied this in so many ways, and I wasn't even aware. You know, it used to be with the family, with the whole family company, when someone would place an order, I had to, you know, print the label, paste it on the box, pack the box, put the peanut, you know, um, stuffing stuff in there, seal it up, take it to the post office, pay the postage, ship it. Now, because of the power of Amazon, I don't have to do any of that. People just order it, they produce it, and ship it out. It's, to me, it, it, you know, it's, it's like Jesus said, these things and greater will you do. And to me, that type of publishing and distribution and Facebook Live and YouTube and all these other social media outlets that take a message, you know, Jesus could preach a message one time to a crowd of how many people were there, and that was it. Now, thank God, some scribes documented it for our benefit in the gospel. But, um, you know, Jesus could not preach a sermon at one synagogue and have it immediately go all over the world. That capability today with all of these tools and free. I mean, these are things that pastors, when I was younger, Pastors would give their left arm to be broadcast or have, you know, their material distribute, uh, distributed or whatever, but they couldn't afford it. It was too expensive. Now, because of tech, you know, modern technology, all of that is available to us and it's free. Now, you kind of told us a little bit about Amazon. That is a way to get a hold of uh -huh. your material. But is there any other ways uh, that people that were listening right now could could tune in to or? Or about purchase. There's um, if you most all of the printed material is on Amazon. Of course, you just go to Amazon and search Paul Kendall. It would narrow your search a little bit more if you put the middle initial S, because there are other Paul Kendalls with books out there. But right. Paul F. Kendall, and then for um, like all the radio programs, I think I've got I don't know, too close to 250 of them. If you go to Kendall Family Network dot com and click on the radio uh, tab mm -hmm. it'll go to all of those radio programs and you can listen to them or download them or use them mm -hmm. air them however you want uh, but that's kendallfamilynetwork.com and then you know if anybody was interested in getting a hold of me my email address is paul s kendall at gmail.com and kendall is k-e-n-d-a-l-l and I think that you know, that should cover our church web address, uh, which we uh, archive all of our messages. Like um, going through the book of Revelation, we went through our first whole year, we went through the book of John. Uh, this last year, we went through the book of Revelation. As a matter of fact, next Sunday 
is my final, uh, the final message in the book of Revelation. And, and that's part 31. Wow. It took us 31 weeks to get through Revelation. But all of those teachings, if somebody wanted to study that book with us, are available wow. on our church website. And that is ChristFamily.Church. Okay. Um, not, not .com, it's .church. It's, a, it's a, an extension that not a lot of people are familiar with, but it's... Um, just like dot com dot org. This is Christ Family dot church. Hmm. That's, I I don't as much as I know about the web stuff. I didn't know about church. I know there's a lot more than there used to be. The you know the big three, the orgs, the the coms, the the govs. But closing right now, I would like you to um, maybe a little prayer for people that maybe might be struggling. You did a lot of counseling and stuff in marriage, so let's. Go that way. If you feel like want to go some other way after that, that's fine. Um, but let's pray, pray okay. for someone that might be listening that's having a little bit of struggle in their marriage. Okay, I sure will. Well, Father, you know who's listening. You know every intricate detail of their life, of their heart. And for those that are listening that are having challenges in their marriage, I pray, first of all, that you would just do something special for them and give them a shot of hope maybe just hearing about um, what has happened in my life and my marriage that um, it was at one point so dark, so bad that I thought there was no hope. But when we begin to put our trust and our faith and our, and our, and our behavior in, in you, we saw things change and it was, um, it was a significant change. And we have not only, taught others and counseled others we've experienced it ourselves and know that it's possible i pray that that story alone would maybe give somebody some hope i pray that anybody that's uh, dealing with trouble really of any kind but especially marriage problems would reach out to a christian counselor get the help that they need and um, put their hope and trust and faith not in a marriage counselor necessarily or in a book or in a program, but put their trust in you and believe that you really can turn their life around. You really can turn their marriage around as broken as it may be that you really can help them build a marriage that is so good, so healthy and so fulfilling that neither one of them would ever want to leave. I just pray that you would help them to do that. And for those that think their life is nothing, nothing, I'll never, I'll never write a book. I'll never do a radio program. I'll never post a TV program. I'll never, I'll never do any of that. I pray that maybe this story today would give them uh, inspiration and hope as well, because I never dreamed of doing any of it myself. But when, when we put, when we commit our ways uh, to the Lord, it's you that establishes our path. And you, you're not a respecter of persons. You won't do that just for me. You'll do that for any of your children that commit their way to you. So I pray that that would inspire everyone that has listened and heard this program today. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, Paul, thank you very much for joining us on the phone for this lovely exciting interview i appreciate it very much thanks again well thank you well this is kevin james you've been listening to the millennium beat where we like to encourage the world one story at a time we'll see you next sunday at 6 p.m on itunes app which is now apple podcast so thanks again for everybody listening and we'll catch you next time thanks for tuning in today to the millennium beat podcast 
I hope you heard something that was encouraging to you. We'd like to hear from you with your story, so write us at stories at themillenniumbeat.com or give us a call at 407-624-9957 and leave us a voicemail. You may also find us on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and we have a YouTube channel. Please like us and share us with your friends. You may also go to our website at themillenniumbeat.com and you'll find our podcast and our YouTube video. You also may find a calendar there with past and future guests and dates and times. Plus, another way for you to contact us with your stories or questions. This has been a Millennium Beat LLC production, copyright 2020. Views and opinions of the guests are not always the views and opinions of the Millennium Beat LLC. Millennium Beat LLC.